Welcome to the Coaching Ignited podcast. I'm your host, Alex Povey. It's great to have you here. This show is all about peeling back the curtain on what's going to help you build the fitness business you truly want. And each week, we bring on a new guest to share their stories, insights, and strategies so you too can take action and apply what you learn. The podcast is released every Wednesday on all the major platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. So make sure you go give that a subscribe, guys. Now, if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so you can connect with me there. Now let's get into this week's episode. Enjoy the show. So on today's episode, we've got a very special guest. We've got Mike Zeller. Now, Mike has collectively, with his businesses, done over $300 million in sales in the last 10 years. He's invested or started more than 15 different businesses in a variety of industries from real estate, fashion, automotive, digital marketing, and high-level entrepreneur masterminds. He's also a master NLP practitioner, which is the core methodology of Tony Robbins. This has been very powerful for Mike in helping entrepreneurs and creatives get unstuck from emotional roadblocks and become much more fully integrated in their businesses and create unstoppable momentum. So he has got a wealth of experience and knowledge to share with us on today's episode. So let's get into it. As we know, as we're recording this, there's a pandemic. There's a lot of things happening in the world. In the UK, uh, we've just had an announcement from the government that the gyms have been closed, cafes, bars, restaurants, there's a lot of um, fear, despair, and a lot of things happening in the world that are uncertain right now. And I just want to touch on this before we dive kind of into your backstory and um, like how you started in business and what you do. Like, how are you responding to the current situation? Because I imagine when this podcast goes out, we'll still be very much in it. Could last months, right? Oh, um, yeah. I kind of want to get a, a read on how, how you're approaching it, how you're thinking as a business owner right now, as a fellow business owner. And we have tons of business owners listening to this podcast, PTs, coaches, who will experience similar things to us. How are you responding? Great question, Alex. And yeah, this is unprecedented for our generation. You know, look at previous generations. We had the flu epidemic of 1918. We had uh, the bubonic plague and the black plague that swept across Europe and people were just for months and years even dealing with epidemics and plagues. Um, I think one of the things that we have to do to lead, and I'm creating a, a, a Facebook group actually called The Resistance. And, and The Resistance is for leaders, achievers, and entrepreneurs who are going to fight against the tide of negativity and fear and, and create and press into it. If you look at a Previous times in our history, like in the Great Depression, Great Depression lasted for like five years or more. And, and uh, like the Kennedys, which is a wealthy family, you know, in the U.S., that, you know, presidents and senators and all that, they entered the Great Depression worth a million dollars. They exited the Great Depression worth 117 million. So in this season, um, I'm asking myself and encouraging everyone that I interact with how 
can you innovate? How can you like I actually wrote an article on Thrive Global on seven seven ways entrepreneurs can respond to the coronavirus. And first was like uh, deep learning. This is a beautiful season to go deep and a skill or trait or ability that you want to hone and, and craft. Like if you're a PT, like what, what could you do to shift into online? Or if you work, you need to work on a book or create a podcast or a YouTube channel that, that you've been too busy to do that. You can do that. Secondly, collaborate. Man, I'm, I'm creating, I did a virtual happy hour last night with a, a buddy of mine, Clinton, that owns a, a major media brand. So looking at ways that you can collaborate this, this whole resistance Facebook group, I'm going to have a bunch of co-hosts. Alex, if you want to be a co-host, love to have you, you know, and where we can each go in and, and do Facebook lives and print, you know, create the, the shifts and find opportunity because market disruption equals market opportunity, but you got to be looking for the opportunity. The opportunities are there. So it's creating when there's uncertainty in the marketplace, that means there's also opportunity for us to step into and then I'd say the third thing is, is, uh, is just be generous and supportive and, and find ways to help others out. Like I think all of humanity is reminded of how fragile we are in today's world uh, with this, this whole craziness of the virus that, you know, I, in my last call, I was just on, on the phone with an amazing course builder and platform builder, and her dad has the coronavirus and is in the hospital right now with it in Washington state in the U S and it's like, that was the first time I talked to someone that, you know, with an elderly parent that may not make it. We'll see. So kind of crazy. So I think uh, we look for opportunity, stay positive, do some deep learning and collaborate. Mm, I love that approach. And I'm semi singing from the same hymn sheet where um, I'm seeing opportunity in the market, but I'm personally not approaching it from a place of capitalizing on the fear and the despair and the mm -hmm. loss. I'm definitely not coming at it from, from that angle, as I'm sure you're not like we're doing it in an ethical way yeah. where we're just acknowledging that there's still people out there that need help regardless of the current climate, economic climate, terrorism, natural disasters, viruses. There's always going to be something in the market uh, which is present right now it's coronavirus but the world still must tick the world mm. must still continue and amidst all this chaos and uncertainty and the, the storm that we're in we've still got to ground ourselves stay resilient and um, keep pushing on in the face of adversity because this is what really shows how tough we are as a species mm-hmm and exactly. how we can co-collaborate and come together. And you've got all these scientists and different world leaders coming together to, to crush this virus, come up with vaccines, coming up with global policies. Um, so it's a very interesting time to be alive, to witness it as well. There's a lot of lessons, a lot of learnings, and a lot of opportunity if approached in the right way. So uh, yeah, it's interesting to, to see. I want to dive into... Um, your backstory a little bit and unpack that. I always like to do this on this podcast just to give people um, a little bit of context as to why we're speaking and the sort of things that, that you're doing in the world because you've worked with some very high-profile people that I know. Um, you've got some amazing results as we've spoken about. 
Um, but where did your journey into being a business owner and mentoring and coaching other people, where did that begin for you? Yeah, it really began in my late 20s. I got into real estate uh, and started, you know, had my first employees because I was always uh, one of those guys that on the leadership side, you know, you, you think about what's the highest and best use of your time and, and how to create leverage. You know, when you are the business operator and you're the doer of everything, you have you're you are capped with your leverage. You're not leveraging other people's time, their talents, or their treasure. Um, but when you have other people's time, you can you are leveraging their skill sets and their wisdom and their knowledge, and you can duplicate yourself. And often they'll be better at you than in certain tasks. So um, as I dove into the game of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, it was first in real estate. Then I started like uh, had a socially minded car dealership where our goal was twofold, create the best car buying experience in this uh, city of Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. And then secondly, every car we sold helped us give away a car to a single mother or someone in need. Um, so we gave away like 33 cars, almost $300,000 worth of value during my time of ownership. Um, and then we would... Uh, you know, as time went on, I, I just learned how to leverage my talents and, and build partnerships. You know, that dealer, car dealership was a partnership. I've had uh, a bunch of different partnerships over time. I love, love having great partnerships. Um, and then I started mentoring. Like I knew I would get into the, the coaching and mentoring game because I had people that told me that I was, um, you know, their best mentor they ever had and things like that when I was even in college. And, um, and then I wrote down on my first ever positive affirmations board when I was 31 years old, wasn't mentoring hardly anybody except just for fun. And, uh, and I wrote down that I mentor and lead some of the brightest and best people in the world. And I had the sense that by the time I was 40, which I just turned 40 last year, that I would be mentoring and coaching, uh, high performers from around the world by then. And, um, and sure enough, that's, uh, you know, four years ago, it started happening. I had a lot of other entrepreneurs reaching out to me and wanting coaching and mentoring. And one of the things I've seen with a great mentor and, and a lot of my clients will say is like, man, I'm really believing in them. You know, there's always a gap between where you are and where you can be. But the shift, obviously, you need strategy and you need to execute. But before that, you need belief. And we all lack, like there's certain things that you probably know you're called to do, big, hairy, crazy ass goals. Um, but you, until someone comes alongside you and believes in you and says, Alex, I see this in you, brother, you can do this. Or Mike, I see this in you, you can kick ass in this. And we're, we're held handcuffed by our, our glass ceilings. And mm. so I think a great mentor busts through those. It's interesting you say that. Um, it's kind of like when you're growing up. Oh, I think it's because I'm on mute. No, I'm not on mute. You've just muted yourself. Um, it's kind of like when you're growing up, you've got your parents as those people that program you in a good way, hopefully. For for a lot of us, I've been blessed. I don't know if you were, but my mom and uh, my dad were very encouraging and you have those positive voices between the ages of zero and let's say 13, 15, when you start to then be exposed more to school and outside and friendships and circles that you're involved in. And then kind of once you leave home, then you're almost responsible for the own stories that you tell yourself. 
right? And the things that you feed yourself. And if you're not careful, like a lot of other people, you can start feeding yourself the wrong things. Uh, something interesting that you picked up on that you clearly acknowledged was you wrote something down and then lo and behold, it happened. Mm. Are you a believer in um, quantum physics? Are you a believer <laughs> in, oh, I laughed. Did I get it first time? Yeah, heck, it did. I just literally started reading a book last night called Quantum Success, which but, is the quantum mechanics of manifesting success and all those things. Yeah. See, we're quantum because I'm connecting with the quantum energy that yeah. you're putting out. I can tell the language of someone that's quantum because yeah. you talk about like seeing things or writing things and then them coming into existence. And I'm a big believer that they're always there. It's just time hasn't caught up yet. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on it enough, that time starts collapsing. Yeah. Just like this conversation, we've manifested it. We were connected. We set a time. It was a done deal. We just had to turn up. And that's only a small little thing. Mm -hmm. But you can do it at any level, right? You had a big manifestation that you'd be working with some very influential and big people in the world. Lo and behold, you're there. But again, it's not law of attraction. It's also law of action, which mm -hmm. is the same thing, right? Law of attraction is quantum. It's holding a thought and a frequency. And that is quantum as you're emitting that frequency enough. And then you're attracting that thing into you. Talk to us about that, because this is interesting from a mindset perspective. Equally, in the current environment, what people could be manifesting because they could be manifesting the wrong things right now. When actually, if you changed your perspective and paradigm about how you're thinking about the situation, you could have a very different outcome over the next three months, let's say. Yeah. How, how would you speak to that? Yeah, it's exactly why, you know, I shared the uh, Kennedy story, you know, the Kennedys entered the great depression, not, you know, like a lot of Americans uh, in a perilous state um, and instead they emerge worth a lot more because they were looking for the opportunity they were conscious of. There's, you know, it's like Warren Buffett, one of the world's greatest investors. When the economy goes down, he's buying. He's not selling. He's buying. He's rushing in the marketplace. He anticipates it. He is swimming against the tide. Um, and so if you look on the quantum side, it, it, it's not just like a um, make-believe and law attraction stuff. It's reality scientifically. They, I remember in college, this is 20 years ago, I read in a physics journal about how these physics researchers, one was in San Francisco, one was in New York, and they literally, in their like, you know, $10 million microscope, they were looking at a, like a quark, um, a quantum, you know, uh, uh, molecule. And they looked at this, this quark, if I remember correctly, and the, the guy in San Fran visualized seeing it move into his microscope. And sure enough, it popped over from New York to San Francisco and then back as, they, as they, their thoughts and their communication popped it back and forth. So like how in the world, it's why like, you know, even if we go biblically, Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. You know, and, and then you look at a lot of these guys in the old timey, Think and Grow Rich or Secret of the Ages or Neville Goodard or um, Law Attraction type stuff where the secret comes from. It's, it, there's something powerful woven into the, the tapestry of the universe where we can call forth things 
And it's why we have to be so careful with our language. Like uh, my wife and I, we have a little dance around this because sometimes, especially right now, we just had a tornado come through Nashville. I had surgery a couple weeks ago. Then, uh, you know, then we got coronavirus and she's all paranoid about a bunch of things. I'm like, babe. And, and of course, she's got some sort of virus. We don't know if it's coronavirus or not, but I'm perfectly healthy. <laughs> but she's so conscious of and attracting illness. Like she's had one health battle after another. And I'm like, babe, you got to shift your consciousness. You're going to focus on health. It's like you're eating from the salad bar of, of sickness. Instead of the Ooh. hot food bar of health. Oof, that was a good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I almost was thinking of it like, oh, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll have a little parasites. Oh, I'll have a little little bacteria. Let's go get some hot, warm virus over here. And and uh, I was like, babe, you know, you got to shift your, your energy and your mindset. Mm. Um, even though she's brilliant at manifesting, but she's she's been in this energy and trance and so she's shifting but it's um it's been a metaphor that we've been using a little bit <laughs> yeah and i want to speak to this i know we're joking a little bit with the analogies then and like we're just trying to make light of the situation like it is serious like you've got a family you've got elders we all have we've all got people that are high risk with respiratory mm-hmm. problems and um i'm not going to discredit the severity of what what is happening from that standpoint we, we know it's deadly, but um, I'm also a big believer in, in obviously the quantum side of things, but also the, the frequencies you emit and also the way you think dictates your behavior, but also it could affect your immune system mm. and your ability to fight off a virus. Because if you're, if you're lowering your almost immunity by thinking that you're susceptible to virus, I think it will actually be easier for you to catch it because you're actually physiologically affecting your body by thinking in a negative way. Yeah, exactly. It's the same in business, right? And we can compare it to if you think there's not enough money in the world, things are scarce, Mm -hmm. and there's no one to sell to, there's no one to buy your product, you're in scarcity, you you reduce your price, and... um, from there on, it's harder for you to make sales. And this is something I do. I have a, I have a stack of money right here. Mm. And I like to carry a stack of, of money because I like to think in abundance. Yeah. I just like to see it. And again, these things, and, and I'm not doing it to be flashy. It's for a personal standpoint. It's like mm. I want to just have those psychological triggers that go, oh, I've got plenty of money. And it's the same with, with, with health and fitness. I'm walking around and going, I'm immune. I'm immune. That's the story I'm feeding myself. And guys listen to this, girls listen to this, might sound a little bit woo-woo, but you attract what you think. That's what we're saying. Wealth, health, happiness, disease, all these things, like you can fight them or you can lower your defensive with the psychological inputs or the way you think. Um, It's an interesting topic and we can go on this uh, theme for for a long time, but I want to kind of get into your expertise. You said you said something very interesting before we jumped on this call, and um, it'll be interesting to unpack this from a personal trainer standpoint or a coach in general. And I imagine it's the same because you've worked with fitness pros and coaches. So when we talk about this concept, you have of the four percent client. Mm-hmm. 
is that the correct terminology of what how you describe it and if so can we break this down for people listening because i think this is pretty interesting yeah yeah i'd love to yeah that's what i call it and it's uh i think it's one of my favorite concepts that will revolutionize your your business and the way you think think through attracting who you want to serve so you want me to go right into it and, and dive in yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be good I, uh, I want to get it from like a high level perspective so we don't get people buried in the complexities, but yeah, it'd be interesting to hear because it's not something that I've seen. I've always abided by the 80-20 rule, mm-hmm. which is what everyone abides by or people in the know who understand the 80-20 rule that yeah. 80% of your efforts leads to 20% of the results. Uh, 20% of your revenue comes from 80%. No. Yeah, 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 20% of your revenue comes from 8% of your clients. No, sorry, 80% of your revenue comes, revenue comes from 20% of your clients. Yeah, yeah. So it's that, that cream on the top. But now you're taking that concept, I imagine, and reducing it down to 4%. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, and where it comes from, the 80-20 rule originally came from a guy named Wilfred Pareto. And it was originally called the Pareto Principle. And now commonly we call it 80-20 because a guy named Richard Coe wrote a bunch of books about it. But... um. So the concept he found in, in the 1700s, this philosopher and, and just brilliant guy, Wilfred Bredo, found that um, consistently, like crops, uh, taxes, um, even soldiers, like 20% of uh, the, uh, the cropland would produce 80% of the crops. 20% of merchants would pay 80% of the taxes, those type of things, right? And then, so he found that this was a mathematical uh, pretty much certainty. Um, but, you know, most of us stop at that instead of like, are there multiple layers of this? And it's really, so the 4% client, so if you think about it, it, if this is true, why not, why not take the top 20% of the top 20%, which would be 80% and, and would they produce 80% of the results of 80%? Well, so in other words, 4% client can produce 64% of your revenue if you have a developed out offering and mechanism for attracting, converting, selling, and serving that 4% client. Most people don't really even think, you know, it's like you said, a lot of people, uh, more advanced people understand the 80-20 rule, but taking it to that next level can be just shift everything. I've seen, as I mentioned, Jordan Aaron Duggar, uh, clients of mine from uh, 2018, brilliant, amazing couple. They took their business from 350 to almost 900K in six months, dialing in their 4% client and creating an irresistible offer for that 4% audience. They didn't even realize they had a 4% audience until we had worked together. And every single business has that. Um, you can be an e-commerce brand. You can be a fitness trainer. Um, it, but most of us, if, if, if you have, think, here's what a 4% client looks like. One, they get amazing results. B uh, or two, they are highly committed. Three, they're usually a lot of fun to work with. All right. And then four, they're hungry for more. So when you start identifying that, then you, then you see, uh, or five, they also send you more business. They're ecstatic about you. They're a raving fan, or they could be with a few tweaks. Um, so then you ask that top tier client, what else would you want? What else could I create? How else could I serve? And then boom, you start shifting things up and you're like, uh, because I mean, if you have 20 clients, wouldn't it be fun to work with like 
three or four of them that you just absolutely love that are getting amazing results that are the most committed individuals that are going to be your biggest brand evangelists that are going to champion you to others. What if you could work with more of those guys and get more revenue and have deeper impact? Hell yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. that's a whole process. Huh. This is interesting. So I assume you've got to identify what they look like. It's like figuring out your client avatar of the 4% because everyone's going to have like, Hey, I work with women over the age of 30 that want to shred yeah. 10 to 20 pounds. Maybe they're busy moms. That's kind of like a wide, a wide niche. Yeah. Very dialed into a lot of people, but you're saying you've got to go an extra, extra couple of levels to get to the four. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing there's a process to, to get to yeah. it. And that's kind of where you come into play to get that 4% of that niche. How does yeah. that look? How do you do that? So first we, we do an analysis of who your best clients are right now. And lots of times people are like, Oh, I love all my clients or whatever. And, and then when we sit down and we look at the, the people that are really crushing it in your tribe or your client base, then you might start identifying if, if you're an e-commerce brand, like my buddy Colin Wayne, um, he, he's got like a thousand people in his 4% tribe. And he's found that these people order five or six times on average from his store versus average customer orders like 1.2 times. Mm. And so he's separated them out, put them in their own little Facebook group, give them special offers, special membership, special interaction with him and everything. And he, they love it. He loves it. And these guys just boom, keep ordering more product. Um, so, you know, if you're a fitness trainer and you got 20 clients then look at the four or five people that uh, you love the most, you know, that are just, that are your joy or the two people that you love the most. You know, I have uh, one of my other uh, mastermind members, Brian and Lindsay, They've, they found a 4% client, which is a, a billionaire guy that would pay them up to $20,000 a month to come and live with them, make their meals, work out with them and their family, you know, get them just in tip top shape and they could still grow their business on the side. So hmm. they were living with a billionaire and getting paid 20 grand and getting all the business wisdom and exposure. And, you know, that's a 4% client for them. That's right. interesting. That's very interesting. I, I want to go a couple of levels deeper. Um, when you mentioned having maybe a client list of 20 and pick out five or pick out two, um, clearly people don't want to take a, a loss in revenue. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that these perfect clients, these 4% are going to be paying a premium to work with you. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? How do you go from these 20 clients to narrowing it down to five? Or is it you go from 20 clients, you identify the five, then you go and acquire new clients in line with these five perfect clients, but then the model on your product changes in terms of price points and deliverables? Because I can't imagine you can flip the current clients into like this massive high tier program, or maybe you can. You, you, can. you tell me. You can. Um, and again, you know, the, I, I probably used the wrong, like wrong numbers. If you have a hundred clients, you probably have four or five that are your most motivated, excited clients. Um, so if it's, you know, 20, 
20 clients, then you probably got one or two in that group that could be your top tier. Um, but uh, you, you first, so when you think, you know, hypothetically, you think, I think this person might be interested in more. They're really committed. They're really intrigued. Then what you do is you do a deep dive with them. Like you say, Sarah, hey, I love, I, you're just an absolute joy to work with. I'd love to know a little bit more about what you're looking for in your life and, and your business journey or your fitness goals. Because, you know, I'm exploring some other concepts around how I can serve uh, some of my favorite clients like yourself. And then you go through like 15, uh, say 10, 15 questions. And the goal is to listen. You know, selling at its highest level should be serving. And so if I do a really good job of interviewing and, and asking thoughtful questions that help me understand where Sarah wants to go, how I can serve her, how I can equip her, um, what else she might want from me. And then I design a product or offering around what she wants. And maybe it's triple what she wants. She might be ecstatic if it meets her needs faster, better, or in a more convenient way. Hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. And, it and, is. Like, and like we said, you know, every business has them. Like Alex, I promise, you know, if we did an analysis on your business, there's some people in there that would pay, like I said, it, it, and then you design the model out for the 4% client. You can, you can literally have, I, like I had one buddy, he, was, he had four people paying him $250,000 a year for his King of Hearts group. So, he, he was a heart-centered life coach for King of Hearts. He didn't need, uh, uh, he didn't really need any other clients because he had four people paying 250K, right? I'm looking for my 250K client. I haven't found them yet, but, uh, uh, you know, there's some people in your tribe right now that would just love to work more deeply with you. And, and it might be a, a slightly different uh, offering, but it will be an absolute joy to work with. Mm. To be fair, I do, uh, or I am aware of those people in my in my tribe because they've gone through a value ladder mm-hmm. and a sequence of evolution yeah. with me. So they've started at the low end with the freebies, the free content. They've come into the network. Then we've done some work together. They've, like you said, they were very committed. They were mm-hmm. very hungry. They took action and they, they got amazing results, super happy. And they were like, wow, great investments for what I gave you. I gave you this and I got 10 X back. But then those same people are generally the ones that get hungry for more. That's why they got such good results. That's what you're saying. Right. And then they want more from you. And then that's where we had to personally develop more products or other ways we could take people because we were hitting a ceiling and this is where a lot of people will experience, particularly personal trainers, if you're just selling sessions on the gym floor, what are you going to do, sell more sessions? It's not really fixing a painful problem. It's just increasing volume of what you're currently doing. And it's, it doesn't really have that same value as if you can fix a problem, or like I said, speed up a process in a compelling way, um, but charge a lot more so you can give them a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. Then I can see how basically your good clients rise to the top and then they become the core of your whole business and you just double down on them versus this concept and infatuation of more, 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 more clients, more clients, more clients. Because acquiring clients is fucking expensive. 
It, exactly. Yeah. It's the most expensive way to grow a business is acquire a new client. It is, isn't it? Because one, you got to do the marketing. Two, you got to do on the onboarding. Three, they might not be the best client that sticks around and wants more and more and more from you. So it's like you're digging around trying to find those quality good clients and every personal trainer listening to this, you've got good clients and you've got shit clients. You've got clients that are a headache for you and they're coming in. You spend all that work getting them in and they leave after four weeks because they're just not vibing with you. So it, it is costly to a business in constant acquisition mode. So it's like retention. I think it's uh, maybe a book that, that comes to mind is automatic customer. I don't know if that's in line with what we're speaking about, but it's about retention versus mm -hmm. new acquisition. I assume that's your model is how do we keep the best and serve them more versus yep. going out and just trying to sell at volume. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, and I'd add most, many of us, like um, I've been working with another uh, fitness entrepreneur out in New Zealand and doing a little, like she's one of my VIP one-on-one -on -one clients and she's, she's charging like 400 a month and uh, for a lot of her one-on-ones and she does some PT work too. And one of the things I was working with her is she wanted to start like a, uh, a calendar that she was going to charge like 27 bucks a month. And I was like, you know, the, the people at the low end, um, and especially when you already have some, some credibility, um, like figure out who it is that is your top tier client and how you can just serve and deliver and, and versus trying to attract the low end. Cause not, you know, not everyone ascends up the ladder. Like you've had some people ascend up. I've had people ascend up, but sometimes there's people that are ready right here, but they're not going to buy the junkie thing down here. That's $27. No, you're right. And, you know, but if you offer them the right thing, then they'll be, they'll raise their hand. They'll say, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. We're, we're moving more to that model now. Um, so our sequence is like I work with PTs on the gym floor. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people know me for in the UK, uh, helping PTs face-to-face -face build their businesses. But through that and building an online business myself, um, I was getting a huge demand from those PTs who wanted to scale even further. And there's, mm -hmm. there's only so much you can do on the gym floor in terms of revenue. Like maybe if you start selling transformations, you could probably do 10K, maybe. So it's difficult for a lot of people selling face-to-face -face and just being a general practitioner. So as you know, they want to expand and go online. And so I partnered up with, um, with another company out in Vancouver who I'm very much involved with now. And we are looking at that as like once they go from the gym floor to online, what's after they start online? It's okay, now they want to scale online. So they need Facebook ads. They need funnels. They need things to scale that out. And then what do they need beyond that? They need teams, they need systems, they need CRMs, they need a marketing team, us, our agency, to then handle the back end. And if you look at it and we continue that trajectory, the best ones will never leave. They'll be there forever. Exactly. And that's what we want. We want to work with good quality coaches who will vibe with us. They're getting results. And we want to work together forever, not for yeah. a 90-day program or a 60-day yeah. program because we've already spent all that time building out that relationship and getting those results and getting the momentum and we're already singing off the same hymn sheet so why try and start that process over and over with loads of different people it's like look after the ones who you're already serving and want to advance 
because we did get into the trap of not having another level. Mm. You know what I mean? And you've been there. You'll have yeah. you'll have started out and you'll have had products and then you didn't have anything else. And so yeah. those people who are hungry will go somewhere else and pay someone else to take them there. So yeah. if you don't have that opportunity for someone to go higher, they've got to go somewhere else to go higher because we lost clients to people that took them higher when we could have done it ourselves if we did put time into it. So this is interesting from, um, from a personal training and coaching perspective, particularly for the guys in the gym floor. What would you say to those guys just coaching face-to-face um, on the gym floor? What would you say to them? Yeah, so I'd be looking at, because um, you, know, you, can, you can raise your rates and you can uh, diminish your hours and all those things to you know, create more space. But usually the 4%, it's like, how can you add more value? So I wonder, uh, I would ask like, hey, what are other experiences that people might want, right? Like your, your top clients, they, they often want different experiences. So maybe it's a, uh, you know, total health and wellness uh, retreat, Right. Like you, mm-hmm. you organize and instead of charging, let's say you're charging 120 pounds or $120 or whatever a session. Now for a retreat, you charge $2,500 and you bring in a nutritionist, you bring a, bring in, um, you know, another expert in this or it's sleep or physical recovery optimization or, you know, a supplement um, specialist or whatever it may be. You bring in guest experts and you create a, radically different experience where they get to connect with other people in the fitness world. Um, that's the power of masterminds. You know, I, my top masterminds are like 25 grand, right? So it's like, how, how do you create these, uh, transformative experiences is people not only want to learn, but they want connection and tribe. And, and so, uh, that's why I like uh, a lot of musicians, right? If you join the Taylor Swift fan club and you pay for the super VIP thing, then you get backstage passes sometimes or things like that, right? So how can you create more exclusive, more meaningful connection? Um, what else would I add? Maybe it's a, a specialized workout or boot camp, um, or you have this, you know, like if some of your clients, then uh, one evening you come in and you know, you're prominent, et cetera, et cetera, fitness expert, or they get to meet, you know, the CrossFit champion of Europe um, who you're friends with and you organize a meetup, a workout and a dinner. And that's, Mm. you know, $300 to be a part of or something like that. Um, And so you're creating a different, different sort of tribe and, and, club and or a deep nutrition analysis with uh one of the top tier nutrition where you guys do look at mineral deficiencies and look at the whole thing so um yeah what else what else do your clients really want and then how else could you or what do they need that they don't even know sometimes Mm, so interesting there's so many angles to work and i hope some light bulbs are going off in the PTs and the coaches' heads right now in terms of the possibilities because they're endless. Um, If you do like what you're describing, these deep dives with the clients, figuring out like what they want, what are their 
fears, concerns, things they don't like or experiences? What else would they like to see, do, have? Mm -hmm. And who do you need to bring into the equation to make that happen and collaborate? I've got friends, well, I've got quite a few people in the industry, but um, I'm just thinking of a couple that spring to mind who are now doing um, boot camps and retreats out in Ibiza. And I know a lot of people that do mm. stuff out in Ibiza and um, my business partner's girlfriend is going to be launching her own boot camp. So she's uh, in retreat. And so it's like a lot of people, I think, assume that because someone else is already doing something, then that's like, oh, I can't do it because this has already been done. Mm-hmm. Like there's a retreat over here. There's a hundred retreats in Bali or Thailand or Ibiza. But I love what you're saying is they're your clients to a degree. I know we don't own anything, but you've already got that like deep embedded relationship, particularly with the 4%. So if you were to set up uh, a retreat, then because of that relationship and that bond, the tribe nature of what you have, they're going to choose yours over all the others. And they're not even going to look into the others. They're just going to dismiss them because they are bought into you already. So it gives you almost like this superpower to ignite things um, that normally wouldn't work if you tried to do them from scratch. So if you launched a boot camp or a retreat, from scratch and you didn't have a current client base, maybe on a lower ticket offer, maybe it would flop because you're competing against everyone else. But when you're selling it inside your network, you're not really competing with anyone. Mm-hmm. Are you really? Yeah. You are competing because people are always making choices, but if it's compelling and you're like you said, that top 4%, they're going to be wanting something more from you because they know you deliver value, you care, and you can take them to the next place that they want to get. Uh, in their existence this is cool i like it yeah dude it it radically changes the game when you implement it and then you test it and you develop it It might take you three months to get it implemented three to six months but man um i've without fail seen most people double triple 4x 5x their business by implementing this and designing does and the core goal as an example like I'm Tony Robbins core avatar, you know, I'm a million dollar revenue, million dollar plus revenue, right? That's his avatar. And, uh, guys like me, I've sent Tony Robbins well over a million dollars in new clients that I like, I've had multiple friends spend multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars with Tony. I spent 200,000 with Tony. Um, and because I, I'm a brand ambassador, I've sent over a hundred uh, people to a Tony Robbins event. So he knows if he, if he reaches me, yeah, I, he's going to reach a lot of other people so that your 4% are top tier people that will then become brand ambassadors, amazing testimonials, amazing stories um, that you can really um, hinge your whole business on when you do it well. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. I want to shift gears into your book. Yeah. You let me in on, on the book just before we jumped on. I said, whoa, 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 let's save it for the podcast. I want to hear about um, the thought process behind the book and then why now and what is the book? Great, great question. So 
You know, I've been in, as an entrepreneur, I've been through, as I mentioned, I think I've had over 20 different business ventures or been a part of 20 different ventures, a founder, co-founder, first investor, et cetera. Um, I've had a lot of failures. I've had a lot of successes. And in the midst of all of that, in this, just studying the game of entrepreneurship, I've read more than a thousand books on the subject of uh, just personal growth, entrepreneurship, et cetera. I've seen that there's these, these spiritual battles that we face. And whether I'm talking, to, like I've got one guy I'm working with, he's 73 years old. He's had companies that have exited for $400 million. And there's still inner battles of fear and doubt that he will face at times. Wow. Even at that and, level. Yeah, even at that level. Now, he's more confident than, say, I am because I haven't sold a company for $400 million. I don't have millions in the bank like he does. Mm. Um, but there's also this, these stages. So um, uh, the, ba- the, the book is about winning that inner spiritual battle of entrepreneurship, the fears, the Dallas imposter syndromes. And there's, there's multiple, multiple core battles you face. The first one is the call. Like, am I going to step into it? Am I going to stumble into it? Am I going to be drug into it? Like right now, you know, people are going to be, some people are losing their jobs. So now they might step into entrepreneurship because out of necessity. Second, fears and doubts. Like we're all slayed with them and pummeled with them at different times. Um, and then how do we react? How do, you, how do we pers- persist against them? And third, uh, third part of the journey is, or third battle is bravery and glory. And that doesn't sound like a, a battle necessarily, but it is. Like if you look at uh, Steve Jobs in the 1980s, where he, Apple was up and to the right and growing and his head got too big. So what did they do? They kicked him out of the company. He was such a destructive force that they kicked him out of the company. So that led him into the fourth battle, which was surrender where you have to learn to yield yourself to um, really to becoming more of who you are and not trying to become someone else. Um, so Steve Jobs has 12 years away from Apple. Next computer doesn't really take off. Then, you know, eventually Pixar does, but he's, he's learning to submit his ego. Mm. And then he comes back to Apple. And, he, and the next part is um, it, after surrender is the ascension. And the ascension is where you've, you've, you've accumulated battle wounds. You've got wisdom. You've got maturity. You've got humility. You know how to get all the right dominoes um, on the table and then put them in the right order and then topple them at the right moment. Mm. Um, that's why a lot of multimillionaires, they've been bankrupt multiple times. Mm. Trump, he was a yeah. billionaire and got bankrupt twice. Yeah. And, but then what happens is once you've gone through it, your identity and your wisdom, you can bounce right back up so mm. much quicker than it took you the first time. Because mm. you, you've, you've mastered a lot of the inner spiritual battles and you know the process. So you're no longer held captive by fear. Like when you go bankrupt, like Russell Brunson almost went bankrupt a couple of times. Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard went bankrupt. Uh, a bunch of people when they you're no longer as afraid you know i went through my own craziness the last two years uh, i lost over a million dollars in the last uh five years combined in different business ventures and unfortunately i made money in other places but man it's it's it was freaking hard 
but I'm no longer, no longer as afraid. And I'm, uh, the next couple of years are going to be bonkers. Even after the, uh, after this virus passes, it's, it's going to be, uh, just a really fun time for me. I'm, I'm going to grow like crazy. So I can't wait. Nice. When's this book coming out? Uh, early next year. So um, we got a name right now. The working title is the, the entrepreneur manifesto winning the six core battles. Every entrepreneur faces, but that will likely change slightly. So I haven't, haven't decided yet. Okay. So that it still needs, like you feel like a bit of spit and polish. Yeah. Like it's not quite connecting the way you want it to yet. And this is interesting because how you view that title right now will be different to how you view the title in yeah. uh, six months or a year from now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it will. And I've said this to other people about books as well. Like books are not static either. Yeah. Like I read a book, say this year, say Atomic Habits that I've just yeah. read, which is a phenomenal book. And I recommend it to all my clients, buy it for my clients, in fact. Um, but uh, I'll read it this year or I'll read your book. And then in a year's time, I'll read it and it will be a different book because yeah. we've changed as humans, our views, our paradigms, our beliefs are different. And so the book changes. And so it'd be interesting to see how you change that title over the coming, um, over the coming weeks, uh, coming months, and maybe over the yeah. next year. I appreciate we're closing in on time right now and you've got to jump onto another call. So, um, First thing I want to say, thank you so much for coming on. This has been super interesting. I know you mentioned your group. I know everyone's struggling right now in terms of closures and and, uh, gyms and stuff shutting down. Just remind us the group name. I'd love to direct anyone that's interested to that group. Yeah, I'm forming a Facebook group called The Resistance. Uh, Such a good name. Yeah, I cannot wait. Uh, It's for leaders, achievers, and entrepreneurs who want to be a force for good in these perilous and uncertain times and to uh just just run against the tide you know it's um the uh, little little metaphor that i'd love to share is uh you know in in the midwest when um uh when a thunderstorm was would be coming across american great plains american bison well actually cows cows will see the thunderstorm coming and then they'll run away from the thunderstorm. But what that means is the rain stays on them longer because they're running with the rain. Mm. Bison will stand there and look at the thunderstorm. And then there will come a moment where they'll decide to charge right through it, which means they cut the time in half upon which they're rained on. So we have a chance in this economic climate to be like bison, to be like buffalo, charge into it, with boldness and courage and creativity and uh, beautiful things can happen. So that's a nice analogy. I like bison grass vodka. (laughs) It's it's some good stuff. I like the old bison. Cool, man. So for anyone listening, I know you've got to jump. Um, Where's the best place to connect with you? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Where are you at? (laughs) Where, Where do you hang out? Um, Mostly Instagram. Michael R. Zeller is my uh, profile on Instagram. Okay. I uh, would love to connect with you guys. Let me know what hits from this episode. Let me know how I can serve you guys. And uh, uh, pleasure being on here. Alex, thanks for connecting, brother. Uh, love what you're up to in the world and the difference you're making and uh, how you're showing up and leading and uh, impacting so many great people 
uh, in the fitness world. So bravo, brother. Thanks, man. I really appreciate those kind words. And uh, hopefully you and your family are safe during this uh, just time. And I hope your, your wife is okay as well. Likewise. See you soon. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Bye. See you, Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy it, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a short review on one of the platforms. And if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so we can connect there. See you next week.